Welcome. Welcome to all our online family and welcome to you that are human beings that are breathing and we can see you and we are so happy to see you. You know, it took the coronavirus for me to appreciate how much I had before the coronavirus. You know what I'm talking about? And so I want to remain thankful. I want to learn my lesson so I don't have to do coronavirus two years from now again. Does that make sense? So, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I've got a special scripture this morning that we're going to, a special declaration this morning. And I want to call this heart adjustment. So, with that said, now am I doing good or what? So excited, almost better than my remote at home. Okay, this is a coronavirus declaration that we're going to state today. And I want us to say it aloud. Here we go. I do not have to be afraid of the future. God is and will continue to direct my path as I look to him. Can we say that again and get it in our heart? I think there's a few maybe hard rocks that we need to remove out of the way as we say this and get out of our mind and into our spirit. So let's say it again. And let's smile when we say it. Can we do that a little bit happy? So here we go. I do not have to be afraid of the future. God is and will continue to direct my path as I look to him. Ooh, here we go in Proverbs 4.18. And let's read it aloud together. But the lovers of God walk on the highway of light and their way shines brighter and brighter. Let's put your hand over your heart this morning. Father, your promises are eternal. Yes. And we step into your promises this morning, Father. And we do say, yes, I'm in agreement, Father. I do not have to be afraid. I rebuke the spirit of fear that would try to mess with our mind and heart. And Father, we step into purpose. Father, you've promised that our pathway is going to get brighter and brighter. Jesus, you are our light. And we follow you. And it's with gratitude that you are going to make sure as we submit to you, you're going to make sure we're on the right page at the right time and that we are making a change in destiny. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Any good? Yeah. Awesome. Well, welcome on this holiday weekend. Wow. And I hope you had a... Good day. Yesterday, we had a beautiful day. We had a hot day, right? It was really warm. Hey, we're going to dismiss children and let them go to class in the back. And the rest of us, let's first hold up our Bible. We're going to declare who we are because there's just something about you declaring things out of your own mouth is so powerful. Say it with me. This is my Bible. It is the standard I live my life by. I am a spirit-filled believer, sustained by my personal relationship with the Lord, empowered by my commitment to community, and expressed through outreach to others. Therefore, I can say, and, uh, all right, you've got your bulletin, turn it over, and you're going to see the notes, what we're going to be talking about today, how we're going to be progressing through this, and uh, we're going to make it just a, a great time together. Thank you, Lord. You know, we've been in this series, Pentecost in this hour, just trying to 
look at how the spirit-filled life affects us today, especially in all that we've been facing this year. This has been quite an interesting year, quite an interesting year. And we started looking at this, why this was important. We started this series on Pentecost Day. We interrupted it for Father's Day and so forth, but we will return to it. And we'll still be on it a little bit more because there's things that are very practical and spiritual that we need an application in our lives. All of this from time to time, do you ever feel stuck? You just feel, you know, like stagnant or something like that, maybe lifelessness going on in your spirit. Like I know I'm there at this spot. I just don't know what to do about it to get out of it or to make steps for it. So we've called that being stuck, the doldrums. There, there is a spot called the doldrums around the equator, and it really means the intertropical convergence zone. How about that for a mouthful? And it's where the northeast trade winds and the southeast trade winds converge, and when they meet, it cancels all wind, just all wind. So if you were sailing in days of old before motorized boats and so forth, and you accidentally got in that spot, you just died in that spot. And maybe you feel like you've been in the doldrums. And so how do we get out? Well, what have we kind of talked about? We'll be looking at this today. Catch your breath. Everybody say, catch your breath. So week one, just that love relationship with Jesus. I pray that you really develop that, that your walk with God is not something you do. It's who you are. It's not something you have to do. It's something you can't stop from doing. In other words, just really falling in love with him. And uh, that's an important message. It's called the choice. It's really part of my spiritual philosophy or part of my DNA, and it's who we are as a church body because we get to choose life or death. Then last week, let's go back. Yeah, because it's right there. Choose a Christ-like attitude. Everybody say Christ-like. Wow. When you say that, and now you've got to implement that, it's big steps. So we looked at that in detail, and all these are online, and you can watch it and go back and if you've missed that. And it's something you have to do every day. You've got to maintain it. Today, let's go a step further. And this can be a cause why we find ourselves with no breath. That really is the meaning of spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, the breath of God, the wind of God. It literally means that. And it's maybe your life, you just feel like everything is being sucked out of you instead of wind blowing into you to give you insight and direction. So let's look at a um, historic moment here, okay? Um, we're in this pandemic. You've been in this pandemic. I hope it's helped you deal with some of the things that you needed to let go of. Now, I know people need to be back at work, absolutely. I know people need certain things going, absolutely. But I pray your goal is not to be back at the same hectic, frantic, confused state that so many people, so many believers have lived like. So I think a good thing, a good byproduct, it's helped you look at priorities. Would you agree with me? What's really important in your life? You know, our pace and our schedule and how we spend time is so, so important, so important. You know you're too busy when you don't have time to finish reading the book on stress. 
You know you're too busy when you yell for the kids, it's time to eat supper, and they go get in the car. Come on. So what is our theme verse? Deuteronomy 30, 19. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses, witnesses against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And, and so this is where we are. This is our choice as well. And in light of these messages, I set before you the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, the wind of God for your life, the third person of the Trinity are the doldrums. Which, what would you prefer? Okay. And then this verse continues. It says, choose life. You do have a choice in this. You know, talking to people when they're um, surveying their life, and many will tell me, especially those that have lived life for a while, later in life and so forth, Mark, I find myself living one way, which is totally different than the way I really wanted to down deep. I've climbed the ladder, and I find it leaning on the wrong house. So this is an opportunity right now to catch your breath and make sure your ladder is leaning on the right, the right direction. So let's look at a story in the Old Testament. It's a time called the exile, where the children of Israel, they didn't live in, didn't live in Israel. They had been in rebellion away from God. It led to captivity where they were invaded and brought to Babylon, where they actually stayed for 70 years. That would be modern-day Iraq. And we get some books of the Bible there. Daniel, what an awesome book. He was a Hebrew slave and how he served in the midst of that situation. And he was there during that exile. Also, when they're coming back, you get the book of Nehemiah, a great book of how restoration began. But during this exile, the king of Babylon, Belshazzar, was in charge at this particular time. Daniel lived through three kings. So here's Belshazzar. And maybe you've heard the expression before. How many have heard the expression, the handwriting on the wall? Let me see your hand. Handwriting. Well, it comes from the Bible. It comes from the Bible. It actually happened during the time period. The king is just having this wild party, and all this stuff is going on, and suddenly this hand appears out of the wall and writes this. Probably didn't look just like that, but that looks pretty cool. Mene, mene, tekel, eupharsin. And so he sees this, he's petrified. The Bible says his knees began to knock. I mean, the Bible has a lot of good humor in it. I mean, he's scared spitless. So he called his astrologers and magicians and said, can you tell me what this means? Can you figure it out? And no one could figure it out. Then his wife spoke up and said, you know, there's a Hebrew slave here that's really been serving us. And he seems to have a real close walk with his God. I bet if we brought him in, he could tell us, what it means. And uh, the king had been offering a great reward and position and money and all that. And they bring, bring him in. And Daniel says, look, I don't need the position. I don't need the money, but God's going to tell you what it means. And this is what he said. This is what these words mean. Those words we just read a moment ago. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Now, let's just apply this to you and I for a few moments, okay? God has numbered our days. Would you agree? All of us have a certain number of days to live. You only have a certain number to live them, and, and then, hey, for the believer, you're going to heaven. What a great thing. For the non-believer, the one that didn't serve the Lord, we don't 
need you to go there. You can go to heaven if you will. Let the Lord work with your heart. But look at the next part of this verse, okay? It says, you have been weighed. You've been weighed on the scales and found wanting. We're weighing our lives. Let's weigh our lives today. Are we in balance? That's really what I want to look at. And this is not a pep talk. We're going to have a lot of scripture. This is not a mind over matter. This is a scripture application so that you can set a good pace and catch your breath. It's critical in the hour we are. So this king was out of order. And I wonder how many of us, this would be a word for us. What if you were to weigh your life on a scale? Can you say, well, I'm doing exactly what God has ordained? It doesn't mean it's perfect. How many know the will of God sometimes has major bumps and curves and obstacles? Just read your Bible. I don't know one person that God used that did not face adversity. Some people think adversity means, well, I must not be in the will of God. No, to me, it's an indication you are in the will of God. But how many of you can weigh and say, I'm fulfilling this. I've got the breath of God breathing in me, the Holy Ghost. I'm being led by the Spirit. I'm saying, fill me today, Lord. Let me hear from you. Guide me today, Lord. And I'm living my life to the best ability that I know how. I'm open for correction, direction, unction. I want to function. You know, just come on, Lord. Now, I'm preaching this to me as well, all of us. It's so easy for life to get out of order and out of balance. And when it does, when it it gets out of balance, some bad things happen. In context to this series about Pentecost, about the breath of God, when it gets out of balance, the life of God just gets sucked right out of you. Can you even recognize it when that's happened? Can you recognize it? I heard someone say, if you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. So let me give you some things to look for that bring you out of balance, okay? Here's this scale. We're going to weigh ourselves today. Not literally. (laughs) Jeanette says, thank God. Not literally, but we're going to weigh and see if we have a balanced life. The out-of-balanced life with no breath of God, number one, here we go, the risk of sinful choices increases. It just does. See, when I'm tired, my resistant level lowers. Is anybody else like that? Okay. It's hard to discern right from wrong when you're depleted. It makes you unstable and it makes you vulnerable. See, when you're tired, the enemy loves to set a trap. Now, right after your devotion time, right after you just vibrantly worshiping God at church or in your car at home, right after fellowship with believers, right after church and being together and listening to the word of God and so forth, uh, and you're full of hope and you're full of life, well, he doesn't bother you then. Oh, he might throw in a little jab. No, he waits until I'm completely exhausted, and that's where he sets the trap. So Jesus warns us against this, okay? He says, be careful. And if he says, be careful, what do we need to do? Thank you. You got it. Are your hearts, your hearts going to get messed up? Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down. It's not just the activity. It's what the activity does to your soul, your inner being, 
your spirit man that needs to be a reflection of Christ wherever we're going all the time. It's not just the activity. It's what it's doing to you, okay? Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation. What a big word, all right? Just little by little, sucking the life of God out of you. Then what it leads to, drunkenness and anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Nobody purposely steps into a trap. No. Do you say, oh, there's a trap of the devil. I think I'm just going to go step right into it. No, 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 no. It happens little by little. When I have no breath of God, no wind of God, and my life is out of balance, my emotions are inconsistent. When you're rushed all the time, the opportunity to get angry is there. You, listen, I tell this, I went over this in staff meeting a few weeks ago. You've got to build margins into your schedule, margins into planning things. So you get there on time and you have time to recoup and all that type of stuff. If not, your emotions get all frazzled. The corporate is this hurried lifestyle. My days go by faster than a runner. They fly away. And here's the result of it, without my seeing any joy. No joy. Slower pace, more room for God to breathe in you. See, that, that make the choice. Let God breathe in you. Let him do it. Another area. My balance, life is out of balance with no breath of God. I'm less productive. You can only accomplish more with a sharp edge. And you know the analogy, go out and cut a tree down. You can take a little bit of time and sharpen the axe and get it done quicker. Or you can just take that dull axe and work and work and work and work. You have to sharpen your life. Thank you. You had too much July 4th yesterday. You have to sharpen your life. Thank you. You can participate. Proverbs 21.5, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurrying and scurrying puts you further behind. It just puts you behind. Proverbs 19.2, a person in a hurry makes mistakes. Symptoms of a life without the breath of God. When I'm in a hurry, listen, what else? I end up just empty. Just empty. I don't know if I'm describing anyone today or maybe you've been there before. I don't want any of us empty today. We are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing, it just ends in nothing. And I've basically heard this type of testimony from people, good people through the year, through the years, excuse me, who got their life out of balance. Now, let me give you an opinion here, okay? It's very important when it's an opinion. I give that as opposed to the Word of God. But people can think that burnout comes from too much activity, too much activity. There are some activities, listen, that are going to restore your soul. See, a lot of times people think, oh, I'm too burnt out. And what do they close out? The things of God. So it's not how many hours you spend doing something that causes burnout. Burnout, listen, comes from activities that have no purpose. 
Burnout comes from too many activities with no purpose. Activity without purpose equals burnout. That's what's so wonderful, listen, about you serving the body of Christ and reaching out and ministering, okay? When you do that, you're doing it as unto the Lord, and it adds life back to you. Do you agree for those that participate in that? Let me see your hand. You know what I'm talking about. It adds life back to you. What everyone needs is some part of your week that has to include some kind of activity of contributing to eternal good, eternal purpose, something that shows I am making a difference, and that restores your soul. When you lay your head down at night, you're able to reflect and say, man, I'm so glad I got to be a part of that team or minister with that group or pray with that person or do this ministry at church and help with this or volunteer for that and all that type of stuff. When you do that, look, you catch your breath. You're not going to catch it by adding more stuff or just getting more toys. I'm just being honest. You've got to catch your breath when suddenly you partner with God. You allow him to use you for something that's bigger than you. You will catch your breath. When you have something in your life that's making a difference and helps you live life without burnout, involved in activity of eternal value. Yes, you might go to bed very tired, but you're going to have joy in your heart, okay? One more symptom, and this is really important, out of balance life with no breath of God. I can't hear God. I, I just can't hear him. God's speaking. The issue can be we have so many voices coming at us, we just can't hear him. I'm going to encourage you. At night, turn that phone off sometimes. You don't have to look at the latest post of someone you don't even know. Am I meddling good right now? <laughs> just, just turn off some of the things that are coming at you. This can be with just so many voices. We have to learn this simple principle. Everybody say the first two words. Now say it and practice it for five seconds. Say it. Some of you are struggling with that right now. Be still, and if you do, you will know that I'm your God. You will know. This is a word for some of us today. If our goal is just to go fast again, we're going to miss what God is saying. We'll miss being part of the answer that this nation desperately needs, church. It's time for the body of Christ to be able to make a difference. It's time. So we need a reversal. We need to reverse this. Have you been stressed at all during this last few months? Let me see your hand if you've been stressed. Okay, reverse the word stressed. I didn't put it up here on the notes. And you know what you get? Desserts. Hallelujah. That's God, yeah. So let's reverse stressed and let's get some dessert. And if we do, we're going to catch our breath here a little bit. I just had to add that in. All right, look at this in Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Then because so many people were coming and going, this is Jesus and the disciples, they didn't even have a chance to eat. Wow. No desserts. 
And you know what? That was some of your lives before the pandemic. Just didn't have time. So he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Now, look at something in the Bible that is cover to cover. It's cover to cover. And that is the mark of God's work in your life, that he brings us regardless of chaos, regardless of circumstances, regardless of the mountain in front of us, regardless we just got you know, blindsided or T-boned by something in our life that we weren't expecting. It happens to all of us, everyone in this room. The Spirit of God wants to enable you to enter into a place called rest. The issue isn't necessarily the issue. The issue is how are you partnering with the Holy Ghost, the breath of God, to stay at rest in the midst of the situation. Are you with me? Everybody there? Rest is not inactivity. That's not what it is. It is a state of your soul that stays connected with the Holy Spirit instead of the gamut of confusion or the fear of lives that are out there like crazy right now. We need to be at rest. There's an order to your life. There's a balance to your life. So I'm going to give you three biblical platforms for your life that can create rest for you. Rest. With rest, listen, then you can catch the breath of God. You can catch your breath. You can hear again. You can actually enjoy the day no matter what the circumstances are. So here we go. You ready? It's practical, but very, very spiritual. Stop the constant push for more. Stop the constant push for more. Americans need to hear that. American believers need to hear that. As a whole, our nation, our finances, our activities, we can buy into the, the, the lie that more is better. I need more. And I need it now. You see commercials like that. This desire to acquire, it just, listen, it kills rest. It kills it. A statistic I found that the average American is spending 137% of their income. Okay? Now, you've heard this expression. If not, here you go. Take it. it, it when you do that, I need more, and they need it now. Well, I'll buy things I don't need with money I don't have to impress people I don't like. What up with that, as the young people say? So we get overextended. So now I have to work overtime. And now my wife, and it's fine if husband and wife work, understand. But now the wife has to work overtime. Now that we need the kids to work, and do, 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 do. And listen, I believe in teaching your child to work and working as a teenager and getting jobs and the value of money. I believe in that. I'm just talking about you've got to or we're going under. That's wrong. Wow. I've got to have more. I've got to have it now. The Bible speaks to this. Now, I, I could have given you so many scriptures, but I've just got a few. Ecclesiastes 4, 6. It's better to have only a little. I didn't hear an amen there. I'm going to say it again. It's better to have only a little 
with peace of mind than be busy all the time. It's just better. You have to be convinced of that, that it's just better. It's better just to slow down a little bit and connect with the Holy Spirit. Less, not more. Just slowing it down a bit. Now, listen, I hope you have embraced that during this pandemic. Jeanette and I have enjoyed this slower thing. I mean, it's been really good. Sitting on the porch, rocking, going on some rides. We actually, uh, a week or so ago, we... I'm going to see if you even notice it. We sat on the porch at night and just watched the fireflies. How many have noticed the fireflies? Man, they're free. I mean, they're, they're all around you right there. We were with our grandkids in Louisville and just had fun watching them catch them and put them in jars with holes in the top. And said, we got a flashlight, Papa, you know, just going around like that. No, Pastor, I, I, I can fit something else in. I know, I, I know we're playing four sports, but we can, I know we can fit in five. We can do it. I know we can. Uh, uh, but, uh, because my child's the next NBA, NFL, PGA, pro, Wimbledon tennis champion, all in one. And no, they're not. You're exhausted and you're killing them, by the way. Okay? Proverbs 14, 30. A heart at peace. Wow. You know what? It's going to give you a breath of air. It'll just give you a breath of air. Gives life to your body. With life in your body, you can hear from the Lord. You, you can have devotion time in the morning and be filled with the Spirit of God. But envy, got to have it, got to have it now, rots the bones. Not only I got to have it, I want what you have, and they have, and you know, what is that? My, my, my. Gimmicks and advertisement and ads, you need more. That's one thing good about being able to DVR something on TV. You can skip all those commercials, how many know? And if you had this, if you look like this, then you would be fulfilled. No, you won't, because it's an inward thing. I, I heard this story about a church using gimmicks to get people to give more. So their little slogan going around was, if you, if you give $1,000 to the church, we'll let you pick out three hymns. One lady came running to the front with her check. Here you go, here you go. And then she turned around and looked out and went, I'll take him, him, and him. I think that's funny, no matter what you think. <laughs> oh, you need a place to laugh. Some, some, of, some of you can't laugh. Can you laugh at yourself? Yes, yes, yes. That's where life gets fun. Some people so focused on more, they just can't even laugh. Look at this scripture in Proverbs. It is a trap, a trap to say, yes, I can afford that. I can add that in. I can do that. For a man to dedicate something rationally only later to consider his vow. Why in the world did I do that? Why did I make that happen? Listen, it's always easier to buy into a financial commitment than to get out. Would you agree? It's always easier to get in debt than to get out. It's always easier to get in trouble than to get out of trouble. It's always easier to gain weight than I better change the subject. Here we go. 
Second thing, here we go. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Keep it holy. Now, I'm not saying this as a commandment, even though it is one of the commandments in the Old Testament. It's easy sometimes to misinterpret even what the commandments are for. It wasn't God saying, I'm going to give you this one so you're miserable. That's not it. All of these are for your benefit, for your prosperity and longevity, all of them. God is for you. Not a single one of them are for him. They're for you. And it's not just this Sabbath command, all right, I'll go to church. There, I did it. That's wrong. We covered that in in the first session on this. It's falling in love with Jesus. And yes, I, I want us to be together as family and worship and have a great time, okay? But something more than that. It And it's not just church attendance. Listen, and I'm in trouble here. It's a Sabbath day. How many are in trouble right now? Let me see your hand. I'm, am I the only one in trouble? Okay. A Sabbath day. Now, I'm, I'm saying this is vision for us, for all of us. A Sabbath day, like, like, like the whole day. It's a holy day. Set it apart and live your life differently on that day. Exodus 20, you have six days in which to do your work. Now, in the ideal setting, and none, none of us really have that, but in the ideal setting, work five days, have one day to do all the things you've got to do, grocery shopping, mowing, whatever all that is, and then a Sabbath day of rest. But the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to me. The question is, do you have a day dedicated to the Lord? And really what it is, it's, it's, it's just stop. Stop. Sabbath means cease. You're here today. I love that, and it's a holiday weekend, and we've got people scattered, of course, with family, and that's great. You've come to church. We worship the Lord, teaching of Scripture. Go home and enjoy a meal together. How about that? Take a nap. Yes. That's what we did yesterday for fourth. We, I took two naps. Hallelujah. Because that kind of was a Sabbath in a way. Laugh. Go, go on a walk with your spouse and look at her or him and say, and what's your name again? I mean, you know, just come on. Share. Visit. Rest. You, you make time to do nothing. Honor the Lord by honoring a Sabbath. And this is what will happen to you. Reverence for God, because he wants us to have a Sabbath day, it adds hours to each day. It's a principle that more will be accomplished with less. It's just like our tithe. You, you tithe 10% and God causes your 90% to do more than if you kept it all yourself. Stop. Sharpen your saw, your spiritual saw. 
If you have captured this or recaptured this some over the past four months, let me see your hand. Okay, yeah. We have, and it's just been amazing just the rest. We sleep better. It's just uh, an ability to hear from God better. Each day is more fun. The staff, it's been more fun, even though they're working very hard, probably harder than ever, all of us. There's a grace because we're stopping more at home, stopping some of the activities that did not accomplish things in our life maybe. But what this does in a visual, because I'm a visual person, if you have a sailboat and your sail just has holes and rips all over the place, you might go a little ways, but you're not going to go real far. And what this does, it patches every rip, it patches every hole so that you can catch the breath of God and go far in your life and travel more. It's all through the Bible. It's right at the beginning of the Bible. God labored for six days, and what did he do on the seventh? And it wasn't because he was tired. He was trying to show us back then a principle. And we as Americans, we blow this pretty much royally, including myself. I'm doing better but I don't have little kids in the house and that type of stuff now, and I understand all the things that you, you juggle. But somehow creating this where there's more of a Sabbath rest. He didn't rest because he was tired. He knew he was showing us something for our life. And it marks the people of God so his presence goes with them. And when he does go with you and he's filled your cell and you've got the breath of God and you've got the wind of God and you're being led by the Spirit of God, you have rest. And even if you're having to be cautious because of a health concern, you can go out in public with no fear whatsoever because people need to see people at rest. You can live amongst the chaos at rest. One more. Just get close to Jesus. <clears throat> Thank God. I, I praise your Lord. He's your Savior. If not, you'll have that opportunity today. But remember, he lived as a man and the Bible calls him the chief shepherd. What I've been loving about the chosen, you see him as a man. And his interaction with the disciples and people, it's so awesome. But he's called the chief shepherd. And I'm just an under-shepherd. I'm, I'm doing what I can the best I know how to feed and lead. But he's the ultimate shepherd of his life. So let me show you an Old Testament and a New Testament scripture. And I believe it's going to come to light in a new way right now. Are you with me? Here we go. How many love the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. And when he is, I don't have any needs. That's what that means. I shall not be in want. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't, I don't really need anything. Some of you may have been Googling this service, your next purchase. Don't do that. He's my shepherd. I don't have any needs. Just, that wasn't in my notes. It just came out. <laughs> it just came out. I don't have any needs. And when I get close to him, look, and I realize I don't have any needs. You know what he does? He makes me lie down. He makes me rest. Why? So I can catch his breath in the wind of God. So we spend time with him and sincerely ask, Lord, 
what do you want me to do? What do you want to say to me? Possibly the first thing he's going to say is, just lie down, stop, chill out a bit. Some of you can't. How many of you can be in your house with no noise going on whatsoever? Okay. <laughs> Jeanette and I, yesterday, I was doing a little project, a fun project, a relaxing thing, and she was reading, and we didn't say a word for hours. Finally, I said, I love you. I'm not ignoring you. It's just, isn't it nice to be quiet? It was healing. It really is. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet or still waters. Why? Why does he do that? Because he wants to restore your soul, church. And that's the only way it's going to happen. It's not adding more stuff and activities and busyness. And yeah, Listen, Christian fellowship, please, things. I'm just, I'm just talking about balance. Everybody say balance. Got to determine what balance is and make that happen. Our heart can get all messed up. If you'll get close to him, oh, my goodness, he'll restore your soul. And when you do, you do this, he'll speak to you. And let's hear this. It's not in my notes. He'll give you confidence about your identity. Do you know who you are in Christ? Not just, oh, yeah, I prayed a prayer and everything's fine with me and the, the big man upstairs. And afraid to even look at someone and talk about the Lord or sing out loud to him or whatever. We need to get over that stuff, folks. You get close to him. He restores your soul. You understand your identity. Then, then the world doesn't define your identity. Young people, the world does not define your identity. Your relationship with God does. Sometimes my prayer time is just very quiet, and I might not say much. I'm just kind of enjoying being close. I might be praying in the Spirit softly or whatever, just, just close. I pr purposely try to do this before time of ministry, even like normally on Saturday at all possible. Um, you know, late afternoon, I just kind of shut things down, turn phones off, just get quiet, get up real early on Sunday mornings because I'm thinking of you. And I can't minister if I'm frazzled. I don't have anything to give if I'm exhausted with stuff that doesn't have purpose and doesn't have meaning. Show you this in the New Testament, okay? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, which describes many a person today, maybe even some here today. And if you'll do that, I will give you what? Rest. And if you do that, then you can take his yoke upon you. You can take his yoke, not the world's no yoke, not the agenda of the world, not someone else's agenda upon you. You can take his yoke, and a yoke was a wooden pole used to connect two oxen so they could go in a straight line and accomplish the purpose. If not at rest, the problem is your yoke is out of order. It's just out of order. Take my yoke upon you. And if you do that, you're going to learn from me. 
straight from the Lord. One thing you'll learn is Jesus, he spent time with his father. He would get up early. Again, you might not be a morning person, but he would spend time with his father. We need to spend time with the father. Then Jesus, and I used this verse recently, describes himself, for I am gentle and humble in heart. That's not meek and a pushover. He was a man's man. He was tough, okay? It just means that he understood who he was, and he, he could go to his father, and his father could speak to him, and there was great, great communication, great, great communication. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So when I'm out of balance, I've got a wrong yoke, folks. Just that simple. It's just that simple. Well, I wasn't looking for the yoke, and it's placed upon me. I understand. No one in the Bible necessarily was looking for something that was thrown at them. If anybody, think about Paul and Silas. Their yoke was, we're throwing you in jail. We're going to kill you tomorrow. Was that what they were looking for? No. But they just decided, well, we're going to sing praises to God. Now, honestly, if you knew you're, there you were, you're, you're all chained up in your feet and it's painful and you're in one of those horrible dungeons and they're going to kill you the next day, could you just release everything and be singing to God with all your heart? Thank you for honesty. I, I, you know, I've not been in that situation. Could I? Will I? I don't know. I hope I never have to find out. But if believers don't stand up and start praying right and believing and involved, we could face that down the road. Just a thought. So it's time for us to be at rest and know what God wants us to do. Man, rest. You know, spirit is an English-created word. The word literally means breath again, air, breeze, blast of breath or air. That's what the third person of the Trinity is. One more verse. We're going to catch our breath. They were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. So with that definition of breeze and wind and so forth, they were given rest by the breath of God. Some of you will get that in a moment. And I love this. This is how you guided your people. Now, is that how you're guided? Is that how we're guided? I know we have work and we have obligations. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about your life. Is that how you're guided? If not, you need to catch your breath by his spirit, by his breath. And it's not just, listen, it's not just for your benefit. It's for his benefit. This is how you guided your people. Here's why. To make for yourself, to make for God a glorious name. See, this makes you a witness. What good does it mean to, to be all frazzled and mad and cussing and angry and fearful and so forth and then tell someone, Jesus loves you, don't you want to be like me? Come on. And... And look, I've witnessed to people before, and they'd say, you know, I'm interested in that Jesus. I just don't like many Christians. And that breaks my heart. 
And all of us have goofed up on that, but I'm just about the consistency of our life. I want a glorious name for him. It's going to, when you catch your breath, keep the breath of God. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit. So in summary, if that's going to happen, you know what you got to do? You got to slow down. You just got to slow down. Slow down. Walk slowly among the people. Just slow down. Lord, are you saying something to me? What do you want me to do? Just, just slow down. Even now, some of you are thinking, honey, you get the kids, I'll get the car, I'll meet you out front. We got a place to go. People are seeing things to do. Slow down. Enjoy yourself. So can we practice this in a moment? I'm going to ask Derek, team, come on back up. We're going to worship and just slow down for a minute. Just do it, wherever they all are. <laughs> come on, okay. Can we stand? We're stopping a little bit early on purpose. Whatever Derek chooses for the team to lead us in, can you make it as an offering to the Lord before I pray? Catch your breath. It's not, I've been to church, check that off. What's next today? Check that off. And look, I'm a systems guy like that. I love to check things off, so I have to be careful. I have to be careful myself. It's a Sabbath. Sabbath. 